0: Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by. So grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today i have a bite-sized episode today and it's a topic that we are all going to deal with it's controversy so we're on episode 116 and i titled this one dealing with controversy you can read a pretty good portion of this post over at my blog and i'll link all that in the show notes so you'll have that information but as christians who live in a world that denies absolute truth we're going to run into controversy And controversy is an area we need to learn to deal with in a God-honoring way when there are issues inside and outside our churches that need to be addressed and many times we can ask ourselves the question how do we know what needs to be addressed right so controversy in the church it's challenging since we know the church is called to unity right when the truth of the gospel is at stake in the church we need to take a stand for truth but many times we can find ourselves divided on issues that we shouldn't be those that are secondary and not fundamental to the gospel things like baptism or church order or end times and hence a lot of times why we have various denominations right but even when we find ourselves divided on issues they should be able to be discussed with a level of spiritual maturity within our congregations sometimes these issues need to be addressed but where do we begin So I came across a letter written by John Newton on how to address controversy as a Christian. I'm gonna link to the full article in the show notes so you can read the whole letter, and I just wanna pull out a few areas that stood out to me. He breaks the letter down into three areas to consider. First, your opponent, second, the public, and third, yourself. There are hundreds of years between us and when this letter was written, but because it is based on the truth of God's word, it stands the test of time, even in our current modern age. So John Newton shares that we must contend for truth, and controversy is going to be inevitable, right? But he walks through how there's a way as believers we should enter into it. He says, I am not therefore anxious for the event of the battle, but I would have you more than a conqueror and to triumph, not only over your adversary, but over yourself so he begins first with our with your opponent okay and I know for me many times we can find ourselves getting so focused on that controversial it's a tongue twister word controversial issue and we forget that we're dealing with a real live breathing person who has a soul and feelings and they may be a brother or sister in the faith So John Newton starts, he says, and I'm gonna go back and forth between his commentary and mine um, in in this episode. He says, as to your opponent, I wish that before you set pen to paper against him and during the whole time you are preparing your answer, you may commend him by earnest prayer to the Lord's teaching and blessing. This practice will have a direct tendency to conciliate your heart to love and pity him. And such a disposition will have a good influence upon every page you write and quote there. I really appreciated that. So do we take the time to pray for our opponent? If they're a believer are we treating them as a brother in the faith if they're not a believer the reminder that we should always have scrolled through our thoughts is it's only by the grace of God I go so when we're dealing with them either in person or in writing is it done in a spirit of love and humility and gentleness Colossians 3 12 tells us put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience so we need to pray for the Lord to soften their hearts and open eyes including our own hearts and eyes to the situation right and then next he reminds us to consider the public and I know with our modern media and technology our responses many times can affect more than just the one person we're addressing John Newton says he says by printing you will appeal to the public where your readers may be ranged under three divisions. First, such as differ from you in principle. Concerning these, he says, I may refer you to what I have already said. Though you have your eye upon one person chiefly, there are many like-minded with him, and the same reasoning will hold, whether as to one or to a million. End quote there. So the reminder there is to think thoroughly on how you're responding and make sure you are contending for truth out of love and humility and not just to look wise into your own eyes. It's always smart if you're writing a response by an email or on a Facebook post or whatever that may be, to really ponder, do I really need to do this? And then to really take the time to read through it and pray before you send it. Maybe have somebody else look through it for you before you hit that send button and thirdly he says now consider yourself he says we actually this is me saying I'm sorry I'm not to his quote yet this is hard when I go back and forth I'm sorry there but my reminder here was we need to contend for the faith and we need to contend when the gospel is misrepresented we all know this right our desires are good but our delivery and things like our temper may not be he reminds us to watch our attitude and not allow anything that will be an obstacle to our communion with God It's never right to sin in dealing with a controversy. What's my line all the time? It's never okay to sin against sin. Okay, so John Newton says, what will it profit a man if he gains his cause and silences his adversary if at the same time he loses that humble, tender frame of spirit in which the Lord delights and to which the promise of his presence is made? End quote there so friend examine your heart and be reminded we will bring no glory to the lord or any benefit to the controversial situation if we don't show ourselves to be a disciple of jesus jesus is our example of how to deal with controversy and this is true whether it is outside of our homes And many times the controversy we're dealing with is inside of our homes. So what is your heart and attitude there to those you love the most on this earth inside your own homes? This counts here too. James 3, 17 to 18 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And most important as we're coming to a close here is to the glory of God, right? John Newton says, if we act in a wrong spirit, we shall bring little glory to God, do little good to our fellow creatures, and procure neither honor nor comfort to ourselves, end quote there. So simply put, God's glory should be our desired end of any controversies we deal with as believers when we are, when we really need to be engaging in them. And notice... I said when, not if, because as Christians we must love and contend for truth. So it's not always going to be an if; it's going to be a when. Dustin Benge, and if you don't follow him on social media, his um, it's D U S T I N, and his last name is B E N G E. He's just an excellent account to follow on Twitter, and I'll link to his account. But he shared a tweet summarizing this letter by John Newton with these six key points. So number one was pray for your opponent. Number two was deal gently with your opponent. Number three was instruct your opponent with meekness. Number four was be watchful of your tone and words. Number five was be watchful of self-righteousness. And number six was be watchful of your character. John Newton says, Go forth, therefore, in the name and strength of the Lord of hosts, speaking the truth in love. And may he give you a witness in many hearts that you are taught of God and favored with the unction of his Holy Spirit. This last quote I shared of his brought to mind Ephesians 4 15 which states rather speaking the truth and love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So friend as as believers truth and love must work together in our interactions with one another because true love speaks truth and because we're now in Christ and we know truth we must be people whose lives are characterized not by truth alone but also by love we should, as it states in Romans 8:29, be living lives that are characterized by grace and truth. And I know the greatest controversial truth that we can share is the truth of the gospel. And I'm recording this right before the Christmas season. And we're going to be gathering with family and friends who are outside of Christ. And I pray that you have the opportunity to show the ultimate way to show love to them by telling them of their great need for Jesus. 1 Peter 3 15 says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And 1 John four ten through 12 states, "In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So I pray, my dear friend, that you love well. In the midst of controversy, I'm praying that for myself too. And that you may love well those for whom Christ has died by speaking God's truth in a way that communicates both truth and love. Jesus is enough always. I'm so grateful for your time today. And the full show notes of this will be at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. I'm grateful for you, my friend, for being here and supporting and encouraging me. This little podcast here has reached a milestone of over a million downloads. And it's because of you faithfully listening in and sharing it with others. So I want to say a huge thank you to you. And I'm grateful for the Lord's goodness to me and allowing me to be here with you and to do this. I do love what I get to do truly just by sharing what the Lord is teaching me. So please keep me in prayer as I come to your mind for continued wisdom and spiritual growth and humility and truly to glorify the Lord in all that is done here. You are a blessing to me, my friend, and I um, won't be back here until after Christmas Well, actually, I take that, yeah, I will. I'll be back the week after Christmas here with the next Sermon on the Mount series. So if you're hearing this before Christmas, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas in celebrating the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you have a very blessed week, my dear friend.